Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. Adequate. There we go. Adequate, cool. Amy. Adequate. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's get to Hey everyone, and welcome to The Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. As always, I'm Amy, and I got Joe and Johnny. Hello there. What up? Joe, every time I feel like you go into this Obi-Wan. Uh, you mean Joe Wan? Yeah. Boo. Boo. <laughs> that was weak. <laughs> well, we got a jam-packed talking trailers that's kind of about trailers. But first, we're going to talk about the big news that came out last, well, last week when this episode goes live, the multiverse of titles we got for the new Spider-Man movie. I liked Home Slice. A bunch of them. That one was I do like favorite. Home Slice. <laughs> I wish one of them had been working from home. It would have, it would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, especially, you know, with, with everything that's going on with people working from home. Very top. I don't know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> Johnny's been Johnny going in been to work. From home. He's been working every day in a coal mine. Look at him. I know. I know. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised so, what you find in those coal mines. This is, this is the face of a man who hasn't seen the light of day in years. It's true. <laughs> um, let's see. We got Phone Home, which was the first one that I saw. Mm-hmm automatically went to et oh yeah i mean everyone does yeah yeah that's the one that tom holland posted and then on home wrecker which is home the next wrecker. one and then home slice which is the one that zendaya put out which is hilarious yeah. and i think now the official one is uh is no way home no way home no yeah. way home yeah which uh which, which makes a lot of I mean, sense doesn't Does sound that, doesn't does, sound so good for Spider-Man though, does it? Does not. Yeah, I wonder how this it. We talked about this previously, but I think it was just like in our group chat where WandaVision goes into this, or does it go in Multiverse of after, Madness? I'm pretty. I'm pretty. It goes sure into the next Doctor into, Strange movie. Yeah, yeah Multiverse, okay. of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. But, but in that movie, I think is supposed to lead into Spider-Man three. And and from what we've heard, um, Doctor Strange is supposed to feature in some way in um, this Spider-Man film. Yeah. Yeah, he'll probably. I I wonder if he'll be like at the beginning or at the end, and if there's like Spider-Man is in like some kind of multiverse, because there have been stories about like Tom Holland said that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were not on set for any of this stuff. But that could also be because Tom Holland spoils literally everything. <laughs> that they've actually filmed like five different movies and he has no idea which one it's going to be. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know what the end movie actually is. Yeah. You could do anything with editing, even, so, you know. Yeah, they even make fun of him for it at the end of the tr uh, title reveal video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's like, name one thing I've spoiled, and it's like the last yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> All of it, like. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I am excited for Spider-Man. It's probably one of the first times I've been super, super excited for a Spider-Man movie. I mean, I think definitely what they're doing with, I mean, just with Tom Holland in general as Spider-Man and like that, the way that franchise has gone in compared to like the other Spider-Man franchises that we've seen, like, I don't know, they're killing it. And the fact that they can weave it into the greater like Marvel, um, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. MCU is... You know, and then we can go. I can go crazy. Like I really hope that that Spider-Man three is insane. 
<laughs> well, I wonder if it's going to bring, like, at least maybe Multiverse will start bringing in X-Men. Maybe. Like Sony X-Men or I, a new Multiverse of X-Men. Well, so, so I don't think so. I, I think... Not Sony Fox, but yeah, I, you, you we, know what I mean. We know what you meant. Um, I think, by all accounts, Feige and everybody else is giving X-Men a break. And I think it needs one, because we've had X-Men for essentially 20 years-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and not as many movies as the Marvel films, but we've had a lot of X-Men films. Um, and I think that with a third Spider-Man film... You know, here's the thing. Marvel's really good at interconnecting and setting up. We know this. We've seen this. They've mm-hmm. got a long track record of it now. They've proven it. Uh, but I think that they never do it at the expense of the character whose movie they know it belongs to. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, like, they're not going to use a Spider-Man film just to set up a bunch of other things. It's going to be a Spider-Man film. His journey... Uh, is going to be front and center, and other things will be woven into it. But the the hero always takes precedent, and I think that's actually really important and kind of a, a big part of why Marvel is so successful at what they do. Um, and wasn't Natalie Portman supposed to be in Multiverse of Madness though? I have no idea. I know she's in. She's Love supposed and to be in something. She's Love in and Thunder. F- oh, she's in Love and Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. Okay. Fourth, yeah. Thir- uh, fourth, Thor fourth, four. Four. Which, which, uh, or four. Four. In, four. But, but Chris Hemsworth is supposed to be Thor in the new Guardians Volume 3, right? Well, the Guardians mm. are in Love and Thunder. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, they, like they've seen, they, there's been on set footage or stills of Chris Pratt and a few others in in scenes with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Wait, they, I thought Taika was still writing Love and Thunder. No, no, they've, they've no, started they're filming. filming it. Yeah, there's pictures. I mean, I've definitely seen pictures of, of Thor and he's... He's all, I mean, Chris Hemsworth, and he's all hulked out again. Yeah, he is. Um, and not fat. No, no. He's not the I strong mean, he... kind of fat. <laughs> <laughs> P-H-A-T? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're filming Love and Thunder now, and the Guardians okay. appear to be in it. I don't know how much they'll be in it, but they're in it. I am still hoping for, a, like, Thor Guardians of the Galaxy or something. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I, I mean, I think, yes, that, I think, that. I think Love and Thunder is going to do that at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that they're going to set up an X-Men and I, and I, I mean, if they do, I know they'll do it well. I hope they don't though. I could take a pause on the X-Men for a bit. Um, I, especially since like those characters were kind of already established and so it'd be like, I don't know, unless you're going to get like Patrick Stewart back, like, which apparently they've spoken to him. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they, they like... reached out to him, and, and Patrick Stewart said, "No, thank you. I appreciate you reaching out to me, but the you know Logan is the last time. I didn't think I would even get this far, you know." And so he really, yeah. but uh, they did reach out to him. Um, but what if they bring in a multiverse X Men, and it's like a completely new recast? Well, then why would it have to be multiverse? I mean, yeah. Then I mean, case... it, or it could just be that, like, because. The spoilers for WandaVision, it's been three weeks. <laughs> spoilers. But what if the listener hasn't gotten around to it? I mean, a lot of people haven't watched this it's, show, and they're missing out. You're missing out. If you're not watching WandaVision, you're missing out. Yeah, like, literally, it's all over, like, the internet, though, anyways. Like, people are already spoiling Don't last week's it. episode Don't on do Twitter. do it. 
Don't do it, Amy. Don't do it, Amy. But but, but we'll just I I think because I've actually thought about this a lot, and I'm not going to spoil anything. But I think the reason for the appearance of that character, listener, if you've watched, you know what we're talking about. I think it's a clever meta nod to uh, it's with, stunt with, casting. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's mm-hmm. stunt casting. I think it's a clever meta nod with some overtones, or rather, some undertones of multiverse stretching madness but is not necessarily anything more than a really, really wonderful in-joke. Okay. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Because, because it's, there's way too much baggage to, uh, to make that a, a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many people, like, you know Jennifer Lawrence wouldn't want to come back. Yeah, and it's just, it, and it's just, it's such, it's such a funny meta thing because, you know, like, like we've talked about it in Wayne's World. It was like, wait a minute. Dick York, Dick Sargent, yeah, right, as if we wouldn't notice, you know, like TV shows are, are famously have recast people and, and, uh, and we always notice, you know, um, well, yeah, almost like always. the aunt in a uh, Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it's, I think it's just, and because WandaVision has so much to do with classic television, um, I think that uh, I that's that, what that yeah. nod is specifically. Yeah. It is, I mean, that show, everything about it is specifically tailored to a walkthrough of television history, and that's a thing that happens in television history. Mm-hmm. The only thing they haven't done is introduce uh, a long lost relative. Actually, no, that is the long lost relative. Yeah, the brand, like the yeah. the surprising brand new down. relative. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already done it. So I think that, uh, I think that's all that is. Um, I don't, cause remember also they teased us with the multiverse before yeah, with, uh, was, Far From Home. With, with Far From Home and, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mr. Mm-hmm. Spoilers listener man. for a movie that's a couple years old. <laughs> um, but they've done it before and I think that they're really focused on whatever i don't know what number the marvel films are it's i I don't know if it's 626 i think that in the comics i well so the marvel what universe they're oh earth isn't it 616 616 um i don't know about the movies 626 is stitch joe ah right um i don't know if the I, i know the movies take place in a specific universe because in the comics Doctor Strange is aware that Benedict Cumberbatch plays him in a series of movies and <laughs> thinks it's funny. So yeah. so I don't know what universe the Marvel films as we know them have. I don't think they've ever established that. They haven't established it in the MCU at all. Yeah. They may in, they may in Multiverse of Madness. They might. They might. They I mean, may at the end of WandaVision. You they, never know. We, I don't know. It's very true. Um, but I, I, I feel like... Um, they're not going to give us a sort of the old switcheroo and have one movie be really just like a backdoor pilot for another movie series. And also, mm-hmm. I just don't think that they would make another X-Men movie so soon. Yeah, like, like give know? it some time. Let us I mean, let everybody... I mean, just think about like the Fantastic Four. Like they're, they just announced something with that and they got those rights back, you know, when they got the Fox deal. And when was that last movie? The one that nobody saw? Um, New Mutants. The Michael no. B. Jordan one? Yeah, the Michael B. Jordan Oh, that, the that last Fantastic Four one. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was um, like 2018? 2000... No, I think it might have no, been. No, that was before I moved to LA. That was like maybe 2016. 20, 2015. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah, so is that. So it's been like, that movie's not due out for another like year or two. Right? Yeah. I think, and I think they said like, so like, it's a good like 
better part of a decade. Yeah, and if you think about, you know, a movie like Logan, which was 2017, but was so excellent and everybody still has quite fresh in their minds as being excellent, I think they really will take... Uh, They'll, they'll really give it a, a good long while before they do anything with X-Men. Because X-Men, once you do X-Men, you, you open up all kinds of other things. It's true. Mm-hmm. And, it I mean, X-Men was, like, Marvel's most popular. Mm-hmm. Like, it was X-Men comics. and Spider-Man. Yep. And then... Kinda... And then whatever... And then the, the rest of the shit that they had that they were able to turn into a billion-dollar fucking franchise, which is insane. Multi-billion-dollar mm-hmm. franchise. Multi-billion. Yeah. yeah. Like, one of the Wild. top... One of the top grossing franchises of all time. I was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about that, um, and really before it's a it, I think I think we're so used to it now that it's easy to forget how groundbreaking it is to have a series of interconnected TV shows and movies and um, that have at least some so far they've at least like fit together quite nicely. Yeah, where mm-hmm. it's like if, I mean Marvel's like other TV stuff that they've done in the past. It's been varying degrees of whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they've never tied into the films quite as, you know, as supposedly this is supposed to be. And from what WandaVision is giving us, I mean, you can mm-hmm. kind of see how it leads into yeah. more yeah. films. Um, and so it's, yeah, it is. A, I don't recall this ever being done before. So. The only other example I can think of, and it, and while it is a good one, still doesn't come close. Yeah, Star Trek. Because there were a bunch of TV shows <laughs> and a bunch of movies. Yeah, and... but they don't connect to each other, right? Yes, they do. They do? Very yeah. much so. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I in watch... the J.J. Abrams ones, there's fucking two Spocks, well, okay? No, yeah. no, no, like the original Do they go Star through Trek a wormhole, and then there's more wormholes this way? I don't know. Sorry. Uh, listener, Johnny's trying to show us wormholes with his arms, and it's just not working. <laughs> i watched the original like all of the i spent uh i don't know joe what was it like a month i was texting you over like the course of a month watching all of the star trek movies mm-hmm. and there would be times where i would be like joe what is happening because it happened in episodes that i did not watch right because there's because the star trek 2 the wrath of khan is a sequel the movie is a sequel to an episode of the original series where where khan shows up is that the one with benedict cumberbatch yes Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then there's. I only um, know Star Trek in terms of J.J. Abrams movies. Okay. Well, I mean that's not a I bad reckon, starting point. I recommend going back and watching the original Star Treks. I think most of them are on Hulu. They're nope. great. I, they are not. They're great. fun. I've seen them. <laughs> What's the one, Joe? Where I think it's like William Shatner goes back in time or whatever. And Star Trek Four. Completely vo- batshit crazy, the and Voyage I loved Home. it. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's a great movie. It's it's a it's a fan favorite. Um, but the, 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 the point is, is that there's even episodes of Next Generation in which Leonard Nimoy guest starred, um, that are, and they, in those episodes, they talk about events from the movies and, uh, it's all, it's all really very well connected, um, considering that that wasn't really a thing that anybody thought was bankable at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Star Trek's really the only other thing that I can think of that, that, that did that and continues yeah. as much as is possible um, to have any sort of consistent canon, especially when you weren't planning for it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, I mean, I guess you could say Star Wars is starting to do that now. 
with Mandalorian but and Book of Boba Fett. Yes, but there is quite a lot of Star Wars because before it was just like three movies and a bunch of books and the books were all canon. And then they started making new stuff. And then everybody's like, nope, books they aren't canon anymore. And the droids anymore. cartoons. And the Come droids on. cartoons. And the, star, and the, the Star Wars holiday special. holiday special. You know, there's a lot of apocryphal Star Wars as well. Mm. Like, there's, there isn't any... Even though there are, there are fans of Star Trek that will disavow certain franchises, those franchises still count. Regardless of how much you... Yeah, yeah. They, as, as much as you like them or don't like them, they still yeah. exist in the universe. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas Star, star Wars, Wars has openly denied... You know, and and been like, nope, with this this no longer counts. This is this is thing. too crappy. This is before well, we I thought guess Star Wars Marvel was cool. Marvel kind of did that with the Netflix shows. Well, so they yes and no because those shows referred to events that happened in the movies, and then the movies just ignored, ignored the, the shows. Of the shows. <sighs> but that doesn't mean that they don't exist in that in that same canon. It's just the shows are such ground level stuff that. It didn't really matter to the movies. Yeah, uh, and like I mean, I liked I liked Daredevil and uh, I like season Jones. one of Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah, season one of Daredevil and season one of Jessica Jones. Same, pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the beginning of Luke Cage, but then I just I got tired of yeah. watching a guy who couldn't be hurt continue to not do anything about all the bad guys that were messing <laughs> with him. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, they. There's the reason why those shows kind of. Didn't you know? Dropped off. Yeah, um, they were Netflix shows. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Netflix shows are still like you know. I mean, Stranger Things is a Netflix show, right? People love that. Yeah, but that's popular. a. I think that is an exception to the rule of Netflix shows. Yeah, I don't know. Netflix shows have like for a long time been, at least I don't know. They're mm. popular if imperfect. I mean, I'm not saying they're good yeah. or like they're they're you know they're the best or I anything. Think, but um, what like, I was House saying, House of Cards and Stranger Things are like the top tier. Orange is the New Black. Netflix yeah, it was shows. like that was a huge one when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I was going with this was that uh, it would be interesting if they, I don't know if they if they brought because I really liked uh, what is his name Charlie Cox I think mm-hmm. uh, the guy that plays Daredevil. Yeah, he was um, very good. He's very good, I, and I I liked his take on it. I think it'd be cool to have him in one of these MCU shows or in the MCU at all in MCU proper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think, I mean, the MCU with the Daredevil, that's fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see that. You know, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a Daredevil movie. Yeah. We don't have to retread that. Although, I think Marvel will probably do it fantastically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, just having these sort of ancillary characters from other things that we know come in, I think would be cool. But, yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, maybe they could, um, like, slip them in like they did with the character that I will not name <sighs> in WandaVision. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just, like, have him as a little nod to these other shows. Like, maybe bring Jessica Jones in or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, is the, the one problem with um, a lot of the Netflix Marvel characters, Netflix show Marvel characters, uh, is they tonally don't really fit all that well with, with the, the MCU. With yeah. the MCU. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, those are, yeah. It's like, it's almost like, ooh, Daredevil, you're so dark. Are you sure you're not from DC? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we wanted to talk about one other thing, listener, if you'll indulge yes. us. Yes. This time for once, Joe has a story that I do not know anything about, and it's Disney related, and I'm very excited. I've been avoiding anything I see about it. Um, so this is pretty cool. Um, Ronald D. Moore 
who uh, a name that is probably means nothing to either of you, um, but means everything to me. Uh, he's responsible for quite a lot of Star Trek and some of the very, very best Star Trek, mm -hmm. um, Next Generation and DS9. He wrote two of the movies, including Star Trek First Contact, which is considered one of the best of the uh, Next Generation films. Um, he also was the chief creative mind behind the Battlestar Galactica reboot with Edward James Olmos. Um, and uh, he also is responsible for Outlander, if any of you are a fan of that. He did um, uh, For All Mankind, which is an Apple Plus TV series. Not a, I'm, I, I don't love that. I'm not going to lie. Um, anyway, he signed a deal with Disney. And uh, this, this, this deal... Uh, the first thing that I heard about when he signed the deal was that he was going to be working on a TV series version of uh, Swiss Family Robinson. And I thought, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I don't have any connection to that property, but that'll be awesome. Battlestar's about survival. Outlander's about survival. Um, uh, he'll, he'll do well. He'll do well. And then it came out that the thing he's going to work on first is um, a project based on the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And it's going to be, um, it's essentially, uh, it says the series is loosely based on the fiction, uh, the fictional organization of the same name that is part of the Disney theme park lore. In the show, the themed lands and characters of the Disney parks and classic films all actually exist in another reality. So it sounds like they have essentially got a much smarter, better writer than Damon Lindelof to take another crack at something like Tomorrowland. <laughs> Ooh. I still have not watched Tomorrowland, and it doesn't come on to Disney Plus until August. Oh, wow. August or September. Um, but yeah, so basically interconnected universe about the lands of the parks. I am so excited for this. I am on board. And Johnny, I can love see... Johnny's shaking his head, listener. He, is, he he does not look happy. But but if anybody could come up with something smart, it's Ronald Moore. It's uh, me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's a me. It's a me, Mario. Because um, no. if you look at, like, you know, he's, he's very good at adaptations. And if you look at what he started out with, with Battlestar Galactica, the original show, and then you see how he took everything that was in there and turned it into this tense, serious military drama... You know, from a from kind of a schlocky Star Wars ripoff to 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 what it became, it's a hell mm -hmm. of a translation. Um, and I've not read the Outlander books, but I have seen uh, some of the show, and uh, I have a feeling that that he he applied that same kind of thinking uh, to a show that is essentially uh, sort of a series of romance novels and turned it into a show about political intrigue in the mid uh 1700s scottish highlands hmm. yeah exciting yeah so i'm just curious to see what he turned what he comes up with because he's a very so very smart writer he so it's a it's a tv show he's working mm -hmm. on? a series yeah hmm. what'd you say it was called the mysterious benedict society uh the the adventurer the society of explorers and adventurers which if i'm not mistaken okay, never mind. was part of That's a series of totally plaques it, the, the series of a series of plaques that were posted throughout uh i think it was pleasure island at the time you know there's there's a whole uh, i think defunct land about it um and it's a bunch of just wild stuff um, that the, this deep lore that almost I don't want to say nobody knows about because people know about it, but it's not it's deep. It's, it's a very deep cut in terms of the the stories and it, that go into the Disneyland parks. Disney Plus has a lot of things that have the title society in them. Yeah, I, uh, I, I try, try. They have like the secret society of un 
something royals, and then they have this mysterious Benedict Society, which is starring Tony Hale. Mm, no, I think they never did anything with this. This was all born of the parks. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm seeing the article now, but if I just search Disney Plus and Society, it's either Society of Second Born Royals or that Tony Hale show yeah. come up. But I'm going to look into the Society of Explorers because I have heard about it, mm -hmm. but it's not something I've delved too deep into and i'm definitely gonna watch that defunct land tonight yeah give it another give it another watch but yeah so anyway this is this is very early news listener there's not much more that we know besides this but it's certainly tantalizing going to be exciting tantalizing mm -hmm. speaking of, of tantalizing and disney I got, plus i got things nothing. that are currently available <laughs> amy amy's choice for today yes i am very excited about this one because this is our second Rodgers and Hammerstein's film in a row. That's true. If you did not know that. I mean, it's um, February. It's musical month. You know, we're all just yeah. feeling festive. Musical, just singing and dancing in our apartments. You know? Also, well, technically it's March now when this episode whatever. comes out. True. <laughs> but part of, part, of, part of it was also for um, Black History Month, sort of. To yes, sort of because cap this it off. is the um, first adaptation of the Cinderella story with a very diverse cast yeah it's entirely colorblind the first african-american um portrayal of cinderella as well with brandy norwood um i didn't know she had a last is... name <laughs> yes i didn't know her and last her name brother... either until just i know who her brother is i know and, i mean I, wa I watched you know moesha growing up so <laughs> yeah um i know brandy but but yeah, yeah i didn't really i didn't know her last name until i looked it up for this movie <laughs> yeah, it was always just brandy but... <laughs> <laughs> this was a movie that I watched premiere on the Wonderful World of Disney, and every time I saw it come up in the TV guide as the Wonderful World Disney Movie of the Week, I got so excited for that entire week, and I remember about five or six years ago, I think on Amazon, I bought this in like 2016 on DVD. I spent an entire six months searching for this on DVD and waiting for it to be in stock somewhere to purchase hmm. and, but and did you I, find it eventually yes mm. i purchased it about five or six years ago mm -hmm. on amazon mm -hmm. but i have not watched it since i purchased the dvd mm. until it nice. came on disney plus wow and it only so, recently came on disney plus right like yes i think like two weeks i kind of forgot about the, this movie had ex the movie existed um i like i did remember it? It. I, I remember seeing it at the time i mean at yeah. the time i only had like two channels and the yeah. only one that came in through like pretty clear was abc so i watched a lot of abc mm -hmm. growing up yeah um uh, so yeah anytime they had their like wonderful world of disney movie night whatever it was uh i would watch it and i do remember this movie i don't remember a whole lot about it i just remember that it's got brandy and it's got winnie houston and it's got Whoopi goldberg and got jason alexander so, yeah, and I even know that um the guy who I forget. I always forget the actor's name, but he plays Daddy Warbucks in the modern day Annie. Victor, Victor Garber. Garber. Yeah. Ah, Victor Garber. Yeah. Is oh, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg's husband. Yeah, and they have an Asian son, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I love it. I love it so it's much. It's fantastic. And Joe, I remember you saying last week that Sarah would be excited about us watching this. Yes. Have you seen this before? I know Sarah obviously probably has. Sarah has. But... I have not seen it. I. I am quite aware of the film because I used to work at a video rental store and uh, I remember seeing it all the time, like on DVD, 
like mm-hmm. in the in the stacks and um but never saw it never thought to look at it even because i just kind of yeah the cover of it's not too it doesn't stand out too much yeah and i just i just remember thinking like well i don't really like i know the story of cinderella it's 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 fine i don't really need to see the musical about it it was just it's just very much so uh what what do the kids say i I slept on it is that what is that what they say yeah you slept on this joe (laughs) whitney houston joe you slept on whitney houston you know i'll be honest i don't think i've not even seen the bodyguard honestly i think this is the only whitney houston movie i've seen yeah i don't think i've seen anything she's done and i'm aware of her music but i was also never especially a fan so there was like a whole lot of non-selling points for me yeah um and yeah, so I've I, I'm aware of like but, even but, Jason Alexander like you like Seinfeld. I do, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be George Costanza in this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and I just and I just uh, yeah, I I think also a lot of times Disney, Disney uh, like TV movies and D- Disney TV shows um, have a, an air of simplicity that I, I don't find especially appealing, you know, they're more kids. Yeah. And this is a, this isn't even like Disney channel. This is ABC money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but Sarah was ec- thrilled, ecstatic. Yeah. I, I have, I, I watched this the day it came out on Disney plus. So I have seen this, but I will be rewatching it for the episode. So, so you, so you saw it when it aired, the, the I saw it when it aired. It I watched it. it. I, yeah, the last time I well, technically the last time I watched it was two weeks ago, and then I'm rewatching it again for this episode. Got it of the okay. podcast. And then Johnny. So it is very fresh in my mind. I saw it. But... Yeah, I saw it. I don't know. I don't know if I saw it when it came out in '98 or '97. Or, or rerun or, '97 or. Any type, if it reran and I just watch it then, but I remember it's watching it on TV. Re- I mean, yeah, yeah, so. okay. yeah. I mean, it was only ever on TV. Yeah, and I, I never unless like, you rented it. Yeah, I never on... rented this or like bought it or had it or it, saw it in any other way instead of just fucking on TV. Yeah, but well, I remember. Well, I, I remember. You know, it was. Good. I liked it. I mean, it was gen. It wasn't anything that I remember like hating. So, yeah. but then again, I was like eight or seven. So, you know. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh... Well, you guys, are you ready? to get into one of my favorite musicals growing up that was that did not star Julie Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. And now, our feature presentation. And we're back. Okay. We're back. We've been singing and dancing. And, In the rain. Uh, Wait, no. Wrong movie. Yeah, that's a different one. Wrong musical, Joe. And eating pumpkins. That's oh, no. Either, but, uh, eating carriages? No. Eating mice. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've been eating horse meat. <laughs> Ew. Um, so, uh, tell me, what did you guys think? You know, I, I mean, uh, I still love this movie. I didn't. I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, it's It's enjoyable. Um, I don't think uh, some of the acting is very good, uh, but I do. I will say for a TV movie, this the production looks amazing. It won an Emmy for art direction. I think the production for, I mean, I know you know for whatever your basic TV movie plot would be. Like I've seen so many TV movies that are not musicals that are so much mm-hmm. worse looking than this. Um, uh, it's very much feels like a. Um, 
like a adaptation of a play you know yeah mm-hmm. well i i made a note of that because i know joe you pointed out when we were talking about sound of music what this felt like a stage play converted into a movie mm-hmm. but for me i don't know why it felt kind of it it worked in a weird way for me hmm. that like weird stage play just like the way the set design was the way the costuming was mm. it felt kind of like this extremely open broadway stage yeah and mm-hmm. i liked that like i a, felt it kind of added to the ambiance of it all a sort of a broadway stage in 360 degrees yeah 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 okay and i mean obviously the music's good it's rogers and hammerstein uh so so the music's good <laughs> yeah. i like i liked uh i don't think brandy's acting is very good in this movie this was her first feature film yeah i know that um but, but she's definitely yeah. a singer but yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Her singing is fantastic. I mean, the the songs she has in the movie are really good. She's really good. Uh, but when she's not singing, mm, not as good. But also, this movie's only like an hour and twenty minutes, or like an hour and a half at most. Yeah. And so it's uh, uh yeah, I liked it. I, it was more or less what I sort of remember about it. It was funnier, I guess, than I thought. Than I, I did mm-hmm. laugh at some points. Jason Alexander, I totally, you mentioned it, but I totally forgot that he was in there. Yeah. And he's pretty great. To me, watching it, like, I've been re-watching Seinfeld a lot lately. <laughs> so it was just, like, a joy seeing him. And I felt like he was just playing George Costanza in fancy dress with a really stupid accent. <laughs> like, he's Didn't... not as George costanza he he, he but... I don't know. He just felt very George. George, George Costanza's grievance with the world is what defines George Costanza. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's well, got- and it felt it feels like this character has grievances with the world. <laughs> Hmm. Not really. I, he seems pretty content with where he's at, from yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, he gets annoyed. Very I mean, he gets easily. annoyed with he gets, like, like trampled over, people, and I feel like he. But I mean, he's ultimately. I, I do think uh, he seems to be living a good life, right? He's yeah. he's definitely like he seems to be like wanting to help the prince. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love I just love George Costanza is probably my favorite part of this, but yeah, um, George Costanza, Jason Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I I have to admit that uh, I am in almost complete and total disagreement with both of you. Um, I I found this film to be its production design to be garish and ugly. The songs to be unhummable and unmemorable, uh, the acting to be terrible, even from uh, the likes of uh, well, I mean Whoopi Goldberg was funny. That's what she was there to do. Yeah. Uh, and Whitney Houston actually I thought was pretty good. Um, outside mm-hmm. of that, I thought everybody was terrible. Um, and um, I, th- I it was so it was so aggressively 90s like all the little weird curly cues that were everywhere and including in the magic um and i just i just could not get on board for this movie it was an hour and 20 minutes of dental work for me it was uh wow it was i i i really i mean i went on half of a page of notes just on the costume design and the ballroom scene alone. I I found like every single room was lumpy and misshapen. I and think that was yeah, it was on purpose. I, yeah, that I, was the it point. It was on purpose, but it was so ugly. 
It was so. Yeah. It was. I mean, I wouldn't call it, was, it ugly. I everything it, was an eyesore. Everything was odd, and, but it yeah. lent to that feeling of it being like this. It. I think I liked it because it. It. I think it meshed well with the sort of color blindness of the. Uh, of yeah. the cast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like this is a movie. This is like a story, and like we know that these people. You know, even the connection between like. Um. Cinderella, her stepmom, her dad, and her stepsisters is mm-hmm. like a weird thing that it isn't really so like the oddness of and the strangeness of the backgrounds and basically like this area that they're living in, I think works with that idea that that weirdness of the colorblind cast and we're just like buying mm-hmm. it on face value you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so that that kind of worked for me the weirdness of it all but i can understand where you're coming from i think you're wrong <laughs> but i can understand why you would think that way yeah i can see like watching this from like that's what i did on this watch was watch it more from like your perspective, Joe, where you hadn't seen it. Yeah. And I can see where it's just, like, outrageously 90s. But I will have to disagree with you on the songs because Impossible has... It's just... It was stuck in my head from the first time I watched it a couple weeks ago when this first came on Disney+. And it's still stuck in my head. I mean, I will say that you were wrong because... You said they're unhummable, and I was literally humming this shit today, and I don't hum. Were you really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, I don't know, Joe. Maybe it's just you. Maybe, Maybe it's just you yeah. on this one. Because even Sarah, like super early on, whenever the first song started, she was singing. And then she looked at me and she's like, do you mind if I sing along? And I was like, nope. Because I, <laughs> you know, I was already, yeah, I, I already saw where this I was going. I loved all the songs. <laughs> I already saw where this was going. I, I already checked and out. <laughs> the Stepsisters song, it's, it's called The Stepsisters Lament, is the only song I knew every single word to still. Like, for Impossible, I really only know the chorus of it, but mm. the Stepsister song, I knew everything. Mm. Like, I love that song so much. Plus, like, those two actresses are fantastic in that role. Like, they're just so, like, just awkward and, like, not awkward, but they're just very, like, out there and weird. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a it's a movie that I would love to talk about on here, but I know both of you are going to veto me. A Cinderella Story starring Chad Michael Murray from Freaky Friday and Hilary Duff from the Lizzie McGuire. But in A Cinderella Story, excuse me, geez, I'm losing my voice. She got um, worked up a, just at the name of Chad Michael Murray. She was like, I know. Calm down. But the stepsisters in A Cinderella Story are, I think, those two actresses who played those sisters based their stylings of those two sisters off of the sisters from this one because they are very similar um in the in way that, that they play their role in the hillary duff cinderella movie they base theirs off of the brandy cinderella movie mm. ah i yeah, because but, they're they're interesting i i did and i actually did remember those characters the yeah. sisters because they are they are memorable hmm. and bernadette peters's stepmother is Super fun, too. Interesting. Okay, so I have a question then. Have either one of you seen, I think it was the 20, 2015 Kenneth Branagh Cinderella? Is that the Disney one? Yeah. The remake? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see that. Uh, okay, I haven't so, seen any of the Disney remakes for Lion Kings. Um, so Amy, what did you think? You didn't of... watch Mulan? No. 
I still haven't seen Mulan. I did not enjoy the new Cinderella, no. Really? Oh, interesting. The only, the only it's not remake that I have enjoyed is Mulan. Hmm. Then is it even Cinderella? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's still, still a, you know, down on her luck lady gets uh, stuffed into a dress inside of a pumpkin and dragged to a party. <laughs> that's um, right, that's Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, so, Amy, so, so you didn't like that film? No. Interesting. Because uh, I now I I I I quite love that movie. I think it's sweet and beautifully done, and as as nice as it is funny. Helena Bonham Carter is the fairy godmother, and she's amazing in it. Um, what's his face? Uh, Richard? Uh, uh, no, what's Dreyfus. His? Yes, Richard Dreyfus. Jenkins. Um, the he was he was. Um, He's uh, uh, one of the Starks from Game of Thrones. Madden? Richard Madden? Sounds right. Um, he's, he's the Prince Charming, and he's wonderful in it. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's such a good movie. Kate uh, Blanchett is the evil stepmother. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And so I kind of feel like maybe I, I saw the, the pinnacle of this story in that film, and it's kind of... But that's, like, totally different. That's a... It's, like, a... Yeah. That's a, like, multi-fucking-million-dollar recreation of a classic, timeless Disney, Disney story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, this is a TV movie, like Whitney Houston yeah. produced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I, I, think, I, I think they're different, but I think they could still be... In, I, I find that this story, this tale or whatever i mean they're fairy tales right we fucking know this story so like we're not in it for the story right mm-hmm. yeah specifically with this one since it's the rogers and hammerston cinderella where i guess you know people are in it for the musical the songs right mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that comes across pretty well in the brandy movie you know mm-hmm. i like the songs and um uh, i thought it was i felt like it added a different sort of spin on what we know as Cinderella, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just enough to make it different and out It there. stood out on its own. Like, yeah, it, it's a movie that can stand on its own two legs and doesn't necessarily have to rely on the story of Cinderella to be its own kind of thing. It definitely, if you take away all of um, the Cinderella trappings, it still has uh, a unique vision, a vision that was not my taste by any means um mm-hmm. but i but I, I i agree with you that it does have its its own sensibility for sure um however i think i don't know if this is true but um i'm pretty sure the the town square set is the same set um uh, i think it's i think it's at universal um but it's the same set as the season one of the good place hmm. oh really oh and that like in, uh, that, in the back like the i can see it yeah all the cobble, the they just redress the buildings yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm pretty sure it's the same place um yeah. so that did not come up in any of my fun facts ah but... a, a new fun fact or a straight up yeah. lie <laughs> possibly i mean if i'm if, if i'm envisioning the tram tour slash watching the good place versus the town square like that whole getting the party ready scene and jason alexander standing there in the middle of it with a giant fake cardboard pink cake yeah i can see like that corner yogurt shop yeah and where the two lanes diverge Mm -hmm. yeah i can see it yep i think it's universal but Um, i'm not sure well yeah that's where they filmed that the like town the quote town square in good place with all the yogurt shops is um in universal 
I do have um, a list of some of the things that I absolutely loved about the costume design. And I don't know, you, neither of you have probably watched it. I have not watched it. But the costume designer for this is now the costume designer for Netflix's Bridgerton. Ah, uh, yeah. I've heard of that, that show. That is a beautifully costumed show. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time I have ever been so entranced by the color choices of costumes in that ballroom scene. Like, the way they have everybody in, like, navy and teal and purple, but with Cinderella and the prince in, like, white and slash light blue mm -hmm. to kind of, like, make them pop. Plus, like having the stepsisters and the stepmother in costumes that match their animated character counterparts um, that are just like these god-awful ugly colors with like gold embellishments to kind of make them want like seem like they want to be rich because you know gold is a quote rich color and then everyone else is in like silvers more um, just to make the the ants even stand out more but still kind of blend in with the rest while the spotlight is on cinderella and the prince hey i thought i thought we were supposed to be colorblind what's all this stuff about color that you keep talking about no you're not even supposed to be colorblind about race because that <laughs> shows that you're racist you're only supposed to be colorblind about the brandy cinderella all right that's mm. it <laughs> that's mm. it um have either of you seen the straight to video aladdin movies or any of the remake yes. like straight to uh, sequels um i mean i've seen the what is it J return of jafar and king of Thieves, yeah. the aladdin ones but that's i about saw it. them yeah when they came out but not since um well did jason alexander's accent sound familiar to you at all no no it just sounded like somebody trying to do a vaguely european accent yeah i'm pretty sure he was doing the same accent he did for his character in Return of Jafar. Probably. He might have just the one. Who's his character in Return of Jafar? Abiz Maul. He's the guy who gets Jafar out of uh, the lamp. I don't remember that. But it's been that, a while, I, so. I, I would love to do the straight-to-video sequels for Aladdin because Aladdin's my favorite Disney movie. I'm down. And I mean, I do love I, the I the had the VHS of King of Thieves his dad comes back that one meant a lot yeah to me. i had the vhs for all three of them um, yeah yeah i think i actually have them on dvd <laughs> didn't uh didn't uh dan castaneta play genie in the second one and yes. Bob yes. came back for the third one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yes that is because because there was i think there was a defunct land not a defunct land but like an offhand disney or some other like disney flashback yester world or something did a like thing where um the return of jafar was supposed to be the aladdin series mm -hmm. yeah so that was defunct land yeah it was a uh, defunct tv yeah and then they and it was linked to uh, tad stones who then uh did uh the buzz lightyear tv series it was also yes it was the buzz lightyear star command yeah yeah yeah, that was a which good i'm episode. upset that they are not they don't have buzz lightyear star command on disney plus that was a good show I loved Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Uh, I also loved the Aladdin series because I think there was like one season of the Aladdin series. I do love I the Little Mermaid series. Yeah, yeah, but it was like one series of like 60 episodes or something like that. Like there, yeah. their one season was a long time. Yeah. The Little Mermaid one is really great. That's on Disney Plus though. Mm. That I watched a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, we are going to be doing the... 
straight to video Aladdin sequels sometime. <laughs> Just because I love I love Jason Alexander in that as well. Um, my last note, personally, before we get into any fun facts or recastings, is um, I would love to see other movies made in not necessarily this style, but with this casting choice, you like just... where the the it's kind of quote colorblind, where it the person's race doesn't necessarily have to match with like their parent or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. How they had like um, I believe. The actor is Canadian, but he's of Vietnamese descent mm -hmm. um, for the prince. Canadian. Plus, like, Whoopi Goldberg. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Which, he, this was his first um, acting feature film as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm. I think his name was, like, Paolo, Paolo or something like was that. Was it his um, last? Because he was awful. <laughs> <laughs> He was he he was one of those actors. I there's a very specific breed of actor that does really bother me, uh, where they they walk they walk on screen and, with a big smile and they look around for something to do like a like an like like an actor that really loves improv, um, but it's like part of a really obnoxious improv troupe. That's what he reminded me of. Very specific. <laughs> yeah, this was his first feature film. He's done a couple a more things. He was guy. in Mortal Kombat. He what? He was in Mortal Mortal Kombat series, the TV series. Huh. in 98 interesting um but yeah he is filipino he grew up i think in new jersey though he's not canadian ew new but jersey i did see um a comment on letterbox saying paulo montalban or montalban i think that's how you pronounce his last name walked so henry golden could run <laughs> <That's pretty funny>. <laughs> <laughs> but i remember i had a crush on him growing up oh so did sarah <laughs> When he came on screen, she was like, oh, yes, hello. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, and that's why you don't like this movie. <laughs> now it all makes sense. It's all coming together. But you guys have any other um, final, like, last thoughts before we get to some of these uh, recasts or, like, fun facts I got? Nope. Nah. Mm -mm. I mean, I give me them could, fun facts. Yeah, go, get, get after them, Amy. Well, I'm going to get, a go, I'm going to go off. Start off with kind of a sad one. Natalie Dressel Reed, who played the um, stepsister Minerva, the shorter one, mm -hmm. she passed away in December oh. of colon cancer. So like just very recently. Oh, wow. But like it was very interesting. Like I didn't realize that there was um, this YouTuber. Um, why am I blanking on his name? He has done a lot of like Broadway stuff. Um, but he and Brandy did this collaboration video where they sang like a melody of songs, medley mm. of songs from this movie, and included the entire cast except for this actress, which I thought was kind of weird. Like they even got Jason Alexander, Whoopi, to come back and sing like Bernadette. Um, but then I like looked at the fun facts and I realized that's why. Mm. That's very sad. She couldn't have been very old. No, I think she was in her 40s maybe. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then... Like, I think I mentioned this earlier. This is the first multiracial cast performance. It was Brandy Norwood became the first black woman to play Cinderella. And this version broke viewership records when it de debuted. And it holds the record for the best-selling video for a made-for-TV movie. Hmm. Well, it was so like the it, most expensive TV movie, right? Like, yeah, I think it was, it was also... Yeah. Wow. But that's um, in 1997 money, so... So you so you know it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the budget, it said estimated $12 million. Wow. Oh, wait, well, Amy, keep reading your, your fun facts. I'm going to look up what uh, that is in today's money. 
Um, Cinderella was produced for the Walt Disney Company for their revival of the Wonderful World of Disney series, which we talked about that earlier. And then I had, there were two songs in this that Rogers and Hammerstein's had for other song, like for other productions. The Sweetest Sounds was from Richard Rogers' musical No Strings, and it's the song that's sung by um, Cinderella and the Prince. And then there's Music and You, which, which was written by Rogers and Hammerstein's from Main Street to Broadway, sung by Whitney Houston. That's my fun facts. Woo! I do have one recasting. Ooh. Are you still looking that up, Joe? I am, but I think I got it. Um, <laughs> oh wait, I think it doesn't want commas. I always have this question, so I should like I should just favorite this page or something. There should be an app. For, yeah. For figuring Bookmark out. Bookmark it. There probably is an app for that. There's always an app for okay. that. Okay. So, uh, twelve million dollars in 1997 in today's money, 2021 is uh 19 million dollars almost 20 million dollars wow so that that ain't that's, cheap that's that's yeah. a fucking expensive ass movie yeah tv movie at that and honestly it looks like shit <laughs> like <this laughs> on, i had it like it's it's an sd on disney plus it's a bad the, master for sure oh my god it's so bad it's, it's all fuzzy and just and There's, pixelated, yes. and the the effects are terrible. When you guys were watching it, were there moments where it seemed like there were frames taken out? Yes. Yeah. Because it would judder. It, it would, would like ju- jitter ju- for ju- me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait a minute, is this slow motion? Oh no, it's not. Yeah. And then it would yeah. stop, and it would happen it happened several times, and it was always on a cut. Like, it right happened after... on a consistent basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's I, not it, a good. It's not a good. It's not a good master at all. At all. Yeah. yeah. Well, my only recasting is the fact that Whitney Houston was supposed to play Cinderella, hmm. um, and Brandy would not be Cinderella unless Whitney Houston was the fairy godmother. Well, because originally, from what I read, this project had been sort of going around with Whitney Houston for a while. I guess like mm-hmm. she had been wanting to do it for a while in the early '90s. And then I guess it just never happened. And then when it finally did start to happen, like she was too old to like really play yeah. it. And she didn't want to play it anyways. But she's the one who suggested Brandy. Yeah. She's the one who was like, oh, we should get her to do it. Mm. Yeah. And then Brandy came back and was like, yes, I'll do it. But Whitney, you like Whitney was her idol. And she's like, you have to be the fairy godmother, hmm. which makes like it. It makes so much sense that like a singer like Brandy looks up to Whitney Houston like she would be her fairy godmother and and Winnie Houston is being a fairy godmother giving Brandy this role. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's very symbolic. It is. Well, you guys, I know what you're going to say, but does it hold up? No. I say yes. I say absolutely yes. It <laughs> holds up. Listener, avoid at all costs. I mean, if you saw this in the 90s. If you saw this when you were younger, it would hold up. It will you. you'll like it. it it's, Even it, if you haven't it. seen it since you you were younger. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen it since I don't know, whenever it was on TV. And I, I did not, I did not think I would enjoy it, and I did. So we're just good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys did. Did Sarah enjoy it? She did, and then, and then I, and then and you then convinced I, her that she hated it. Well, I complained about it, and she was like, mm. "Well, yeah." Wow, I can't believe you take away that joy from her, dude. <laughs> but it didn't impact her enjoyment of it. <laughs> Let her enjoy things. <laughs> She's always Come telling on, me that. Joe. She's always mm. saying, "Let me enjoy things." What's Just that let about? me live my life. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. All right. Yes, well, I absolutely nostalgia goggles on this one for me. You can't. You can't unsee it. 
<laughs> yep. Well, listener, are you on Joe's side or are you on mine and Johnny's side? Or are you on Let the right know. side? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Nostalgitis, N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-T-I-S, or nostalgiafegpod at gmail.com. I almost forgot the outro again. Wow. Don't forget to be kind and rewind. <laughs>